Hello and welcome to Cody and Corbin Have a Podcast, the show where two roommates, Corbin and Cody, give their unfiltered opinion on one movie each week. This week on the show, we're going to be talking about the 2016 Best Picture winner, Moonlight. Where's you, Sharon? I'm on time, try not to remember. Try to forget all those times. At some point, you gotta decide for yourself who you're gonna be. Can't let nobody make that decision for you. Tell him why the other boys kick his ass all the time. What's wrong? I'm good. Come on. I'm saying good. And you ain't it. Remember the last time I saw you? Corbin's vocal. <laughs> I'm also here most weeks. Yeah, uh, episode five, rolling in to some more award-worthy pictures. Also, you know, spotlight, moonlight. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe one day we'll do uh, spotlight with Michael Keaton and Mark Ruffalo and Rachel McAdams. Just an honor. Cool. Good movie. Death of XXX for you. <laughs> yeah, I know you're a big fan. <laughs> He's got good stuff. Uh, so, just starting off, this is probably the uh, the most serious movie we've taken on so far, by by far. Because yeah. you know, even Gone Girl, the first movie we did, is is a drama, um, but it still has an air of fiction to it, and like it seems so unbelievable. This is a story that's very grounded in real life, um, deals with a lot of real world issues of sexuality and race and drug abuse and violence and all of those things. So. We are going to, you know, roll through and have some fun here, but, you know, we're taking this movie a little bit more seriously, and uh, we are we are realizing the gravity, you know, behind what we're talking about, right? No, I agree. Yeah, and I mean, I don't even know, dude, this, uh, this movie just, like, affects you differently after you watch it, I think, just, um, just in general, with, like, how it's made, but also, obviously, the subject matter. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But I mean, we are idiots, so we're, we're still going to laugh. We're, we, yeah, we're t- I mean, we, we're two idiots <laughs> doing this. So um, we'll get into uh, kind of why we picked this movie. So it was my turn to choose a movie, and uh, I'm in a class uh, that's called Blacks in Hollywood Film. And uh, this is actually the movie we were watching this week in class. I love this movie. I've, I've seen it a couple times before this. Uh, I mentioned at the end of the last podcast that I think this is one of probably the... F- Top four best movies of the, the 2010s, maybe top five. Uh, the list shifts a little bit, but I really love this movie a ton. And Cody had never seen it before, so I thought it was a good opportunity. I was going to be rewatching it, and I'd have him watch it, and then we could do the pot over it. Yeah, any like recent Oscar-worthy pictures I probably haven't seen in the last like ten years. Um, and yeah, I missed a good one. I will say this is a good movie, and uh, 
I'm glad you made me do your homework for you. <laughs> <laughs> no. I still got to write the paper, actually. But <laughs> we'll see. Um, but yeah, I think the this movie, it both deals with a very important subject, but also is just like incredibly beautiful and like incredibly, incredibly well made. Um, so we'll get into talking about the, the plot a little bit. So um, similar to another movie that I think came out slightly before this, it often gets compared to, have you ever seen Boyhood? No. no. I haven't seen it either, but it gets compared to that in a similar sense where it's like this chapterized, um, coming you know, of age, coming of age story up. where we look at, you know, a child and then, you know, like a teenager and then um, an adult male. And obviously it's dealing with uh, an African-American man who's, who's down in Miami He's got a mother who's addicted to crack, and he's also dealing with the fact that, you know, he's gay. Um, so it kind of just, it flows through his life, um, and we pick up at some very important moments. And uh, I, how do you feel about the way it's set up in, like, the chapters? I like it. I mean, the three acts, they're obvious where, like, they're going to go in his life, but that doesn't make it bad. I think the first act, it's maybe a little bit too slow in the beginning, but, I mean, just going straight into it, like... The end of the first act, where it's Mahershala Ali finding out he's supplying his mom with drugs, like and then that's it just ends. Tough. Yeah, and then him coming to the house and being like, "Are you selling my mom drugs?" Like that's a great moment. I mean, not not to watch, but I mean, just like in a story wise, the thing I the gripe I do have with this movie is I wish Mahershala Ali was in the second act a little bit. Um, I'm not sure how he won best supporting actor just from like. 20 minutes of screen time. Yeah, that, that's impressive, I'm being honest. He probably deserves it, but if he's in the second act for like just like 10 more minutes, I think that would have been awesome. But I mean, going into the second act, I mean, how long is this movie? Like an hour 50, an hour 40? Yeah, it's about an hour 50 minutes. Dude, minute. after the end of the first act, I didn't even like look at my phone the entire time. I just think it was so, it was so like well put throughout. Like at the beginning, they're kind of just like little kids, whatever. After that, it's nonstop. Just everything's going on. I don't know. I, I really like this movie. No, yeah, it definitely keeps you engaged. And and for something that's not, you know, like a big action movie or something that's like you would think is going to draw you in, it's just a story about a guy and you can't take your eyes off of it. Um, my biggest complaint about this movie, and I guess we'll, we'll wait for stupidest part, but do you have any other initial thoughts about just what you thought going into this or after watching it? I mean, the acting in this is unbelievable, especially from the kids. I don't know how, like, even you can make a movie like this today where no one is bad in it. I mean, we'll, we'll get to this a little later on. But also, just, it looks beautiful. The, this is one of the best movies I've ever seen made, just from a technical standpoint. And the story is also really good. So, yeah, I mean, just continuing on what I was saying earlier, I mean, the second act, um, going into the third act... There's like a big jump, and I thought maybe like because the second act is really good. I was like, oh crap, we're switching the story, going to the third act. Somehow the third act's better. Dude. <laughs> I love the third act. If the third act was just like a 40 minute movie on its own, like I think that would win Best Picture on its own. Yeah, it's... I think that's the masterpiece of this film is the last act. It's so subtle. It's not even fast. It's just two guys talking in a cafe for a long time, and I think that's the beauty of it. Uh, sometimes simple is better, and I mean. Who 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 directed this? Barry, Barry Jenkins. Jenkins. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't really know who that is, but I want to see a lot more from him. I'm sure he's made stuff after this. Obviously, people were probably just throwing money at him to make anything he wants. But yeah, that that third act, absolute masterpiece. Yeah, I mean the the colors and the just 
if you look at like any individual shot in this movie, you can just like it's like a painting. And um, I think we like we talk about some directors that like have that style where they're like very meticulous about what their shot is. But when you actually look at it, you're like, eh, it's not that impressive. But I throughout this entire movie, there is there's not a bad shot. There's not a bad moment, really. Um, very intentional in what it's doing. Uh, and just the way I think the way it talks about um, the struggles uh, in this movie is very different than a lot of movies. So a big thing is drug addiction, right? And his his mother is dealing with drug addiction, but it doesn't it doesn't mince it at all. It, it takes it um, full force. It doesn't you know hide the fact or like try and make it better. But it doesn't glorify drugs either. It's um, <clears throat> it's basically just like drugs are a fact of life in the neighborhood that he grew up in. You know, Juan's a drug dealer, his mom takes drugs, and that's just the way it is, and that's the cycle of, you know, a lot of, you know, impoverished black Americans in this country. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of like Juan knows he shouldn't be selling drugs, but, I mean, it's just what he has to do. Same with, and then that leads to Chiron sort of doing the same thing. Becoming a drug dealer, yeah. Which, I mean, he knows is wrong, but, I mean, what other options did he really have at the time? He, he just transferred... Uh, schools to like juvie or whatever and he found a way in to like to fit in society which he hadn't done before I mean yeah he's a kid who was constantly bullied yeah. and I thought that was one of the cooler parallels in the movie going into the third act you're like oh crap this dude basically grew up to be what Juan was yeah I mean that that opening uh, the very first scene of the third act where you, you hear the music playing and Chiron's in the car um, I think that's awesome and you definitely like right away you're like oh wow he's basically become Juan yeah all right, so um, obviously, right off the bat, I think we both really love this movie. Think it's great, but let's get into what we maybe what we think the stupidest part of this movie is. You stupid. Uh, I can start if you want. Go for it. So, the biggest complaint that I have, and I, and a lot of people have it. I remember I showed my mom this movie, and she kind of said the same thing. Nothing really, like a lot happens, but nothing happens. You know, like especially in the end. Like, the story itself, it's so different from any other movie. And, you know, that's a good thing and a bad thing. Where it's it's very non-traditional and, the, like, the conflict isn't necessarily resolved in the end. Um, we're kind of just left with, you know, these two guys in their apartment and we don't know what's going to happen. Um, and because it's telling the story of a person's life rather than, you know, a singular event. It's uh, it's not necessarily like a full story in a way. It's it, it it relies a little bit more on the visuals and the themes than it does you know the actual storyline. Yeah, I guess it's it's a character piece. I mean, that's what it is. Exactly. We're just following this kid trying to figure out his life. Yeah, I mean, I, don't know. I had to pick something to yeah, complain no, about. Right? Like just to um, argue against that. Like I don't know. I think more movies like this should be made, where it's just like ultra realistic actually dealing with issues i mean not all movies have to be like some of the movies we were talking about like spider-man or star wars these big action pieces obviously those are going to get made a lot and they're not they're not bad i i enjoy most of them i'm being honest but i mean if you want to see how to make a movie this is what you need to watch i mean i i don't know i don't really get that argument yeah nothing really happens but i mean what were you expecting to happen it's just a story about a kid trying to figure himself out no yeah That's absolutely what do you uh what do you think the stupidest part of the um movie? yeah again it, it's hard to pick at this movie i just went for some some plot points um the bully he's kind of 
he's kind of just there to be a dick. And I mean, there's a lot of people in real life who are like that. But like the scene in the second act at the beginning where they're just in class and he's just he's just, he just talking starts shit directly <laughs> at him. <laughs> Nothing even happens to like yeah. Spurred. He's just like and then, then there's talking no, to Chiron about his tampon and yeah, and then he doesn't stop for like two minutes. The teacher's eventually like get out. Like I feel like there would be more consequences to that. Obviously, in a lot of schools there aren't. Um, but yeah, I thought that was dumb. Also, somehow he just randomly one day picked Kevin to uh, to fight somebody. And then of course it's gonna be Chiron. Like that, that was a bit of a coincidence the day or a couple of days after you know they had connected. But yeah, I mean it's pretty hard to, to pick plot points in this movie. It's like oh that was dumb. But I mean those were the two. I was like eh. I mean you're moving the story along, but I mean that's kind of not believable. Yeah, I mean his uh, even like him meeting up with Kevin that night is kind of like that's true. Too, it's a big yeah. coincidence. There's there's a little bit of coincidence in this movie, but you know it happens in real life, so I think it's acceptable. Yeah, that uh, might be the dumbest. I mean that might, that might be the quickest dumbest part we'll ever do. Yeah, I mean <laughs> there's really not, and I mean that's, there's gonna be a couple categories here where we definitely uh, skip, and there's a couple that we're gonna talk about some more. Yeah. So we'll talk about our favorite characters now, which I imagine we'll we'll uh, land on for a while. Who's your favorite character in this movie, Cody? She is very gorgeous to me. I mean, it's got to be Sharon. Um, just from which, which, which I one? Know, that's the thing. <laughs> I would say like the first act is my least favorite, but that's discrediting the kid actor because he's actually phenomenal. Like, I don't even know who to pick out of the best three. I mean, the best one out of the three actors because they're all really good. I think the middle one is the weakest, and that he has the least amount to do. I feel like. He has the most, like, physical stuff, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, he but he doesn't, he never it. says anything. Which, the younger one doesn't really say anything. He's yeah. a very quiet person, obviously, but it's really just, like, stoic and being yeah. there. I would say my favorite is probably the last one. Yeah. Um, I thought at first he was 50 Cent. <laughs> okay, so in my class, we talked about this movie on Wednesday. Yeah. And a kid in class goes, when the third act started, I was so confused because I was like, why is 50 Cent in this movie? He really doesn't. So like you're not the only person who said that. Um, and I, I, when I was rewatching it, then and then after he said that, I was like, okay, yeah, I agree. He does kind of look like Fifty Cent, yeah. like a young Fifty Cent. But why he's my favorite character? I think just him putting up that mask and that facade of someone he's clearly not, but someone he had to adapt to be. I don't know. I feel like that's super relatable. Like at times, um, I feel like everybody just like you pretend to be someone you're not. But this guy's doing it constantly, like day in day out, and I feel like emotionally. That would just be like scarring. Like I don't even know how you could do that. And then yeah, eventually him finding his way back to Kevin. That whole um, conversation at the end they had, where he was like, "No one else has ever touched me since you." Like, dude, I feel like I wasn't really in a crying mood when I watched this movie. But if I was like in a depressed mood, I probably would have cried like three times throughout this movie. Probably early on with the when Mahershala Ali was crying, that probably would have got me probably when he like stood up against the bully and then at the very end like i don't know there's a lot of emotional stuff in this movie and yeah i mean i think chiron he's got the best arc i think i mean obviously it's focused on him it's his story but i mean usually when i pick favorite character it's not the main character but i don't know man this movie this movie really focused on him good and uh he's definitely my favorite yeah i was, I was wondering if you were gonna pick one or not and I I was I was considering Juan. I really do love 
I think I love him so much because of what Marshall Ali does with it. Yeah. And maybe we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, but I'm actually picking Teresa. And I think it's because she's in the movie a little bit more. She shows up in the second act. Um, she's just so... Like, she, she's the mother that he never had. Um, I really love the scene when they're making the bed. And she's just kind of, like, messing with him, trying to make him happy. Uh, when they're Right before that, when they're having dinner, joking about Juan, giving him the gin. Um, and I think she's just such an important person in his life. Because even after he loses Juan, I mean, she loses Juan as well. Um, you know, she remains a part of his life and is always taking care of him and... Even in the third act, um, his mom's asking, you know, have you talked to Teresa? And she's still evidently very, you know, important to him. And I think Janelle Monáe is really good in that role. And uh, I would definitely say she's my favorite character. Yeah, no, she's really good in this, too. Yeah. yeah. Who, who plays her? Janelle Monáe. Janelle Monáe, you know, the singer? singer? Yeah, no, she's I in that fun song. Her. Yeah, so she's uh, very talented. Yeah, she's a good singer actress, yeah. Good actress. She's in um, Hidden Figures as well with Marshall Ali as well. Nice, how was that? Yep. I think my mom likes that movie, actually. <laughs> that, that, that sounds like an Amy Webb movie. Yeah. Shout out to Amy Webb. It's probably a, a Michelle Buckmaster's vocal movie as well. Uh, Alright, now least favorite character. Uh, Yeah, I picked his mom. I mean, from a character standpoint, she sucks. I mean, <laughs> obviously drug addiction, like that's already a bad thing to be doing. And then she's not a good mom on top of that. What about in the third act, though? Yeah, I mean, she gets her arc. Like, obviously, drug addiction isn't an easy thing to get over. And, like, she's getting a lot of help now, which is good. Um, obviously, she does care a lot about Chiron. But, I mean, for the character I, who I like the least in this movie is definitely her. It, it, it's hard to choose, but that's my pick. Naomi Harris, only only actress or actor to appear in all three acts of the movie. The only constant yeah. is his mom. Nice. Everyone else is uh, obviously Switched well. Out. Janelle Monae is in the first two, and then she doesn't show up in the third. But yeah. everyone else is played by a different character. <clears throat> My least favorite character is young Kevin. <laughs> young Kevin. Young Kevin. What is young Kevin? That kid's just kind of annoying. <laughs> I I love the middle year Kevin. I think he's hilarious. Yeah, he's he's awesome. great. But the young Kevin. First of all, the scene where they're in the bathroom <laughs> oh, is very God. strange. <laughs> If if I had to pick a, a part to remove from the movie, I would probably just that part. It's a little weird uh, where they're just <laughs> all just in there with their pants dicks, down. Yeah, yeah comparing dicks. Uh, but I think it's, he's just funny. He he's kind of a he's just that annoying little kid. <laughs> and he he messes with Chiron. He, he's like you hard. He's nice to Chiron. He's nice, but they I mean, wrestle, dude. Come on. If I had to pick a least favorite character, I'm gonna pick wow. that, that little. Shade. Little their their wrestling is very lame too. They. <laughs> They're really tired. There's no like heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Playing soccer or something. I don't know. Maybe you just don't like little kids. But. I, I like little, but I, I don't know. Chiron, he's, or uh, sorry, Kevin, the young Kevin. Just a <laughs> little young Kevin boy. pissed you off. <laughs> <laughs> That's dumb. All right, Cody. Young Kevin. Who can act? Wow. I mean, dude, like... I don't know. Who can't act in this movie? That's the better question. I don't think anybody's bad. But, um, like I said before, I think all three Chirons are pretty good. I think all three Kevins are really good. Uh, but my, um, my best performance is... You just... Uh, <laughs> nah, there wasn't. Oh. My best performance is definitely the mom. What's her name again? Naomi. Naomi Harris? Harris, yeah. I mean, I think she's 
ridiculously good in this movie. I don't know how she didn't win uh, Best Supporting Actress. Yeah, I mean, just... She goes through the full slate of emotions from, you know, drug-addicted mom, you know, berating her son for money, which is, I'm sure, not that easy to tap into for normal people. And then, obviously, her full arc at the end, where, I mean, you do feel for her, but you're still like, dude, you're a dick the entire time. You really shouldn't get, like, his forgiveness, but you understand why he would give that. I think she's phenomenal in this movie. That's definitely my, my best actor. I don't know how she didn't win. Best Supporting Actress. Viola Davis beat her out in Fences, uh, the movie with Denzel Washington. I haven't seen it, but... I haven't seen it. I'm sure Viola Davis is really good in that, and if I watched that for the first time, I was probably like, oh, she probably really deserved it. But yeah, I mean, Naomi Harris lights out in this movie. Yeah, absolutely amazing. I mean, like I said, she's, she's the only person that's in all three acts, so she's, you know... She plays obviously the crack addict in the you know in the first two acts, but then also we see that recovery um, in the third, which I think is also very important, and she really pulls that off of that remorseful uh, mother who wasn't really there for him when he was younger. Um, I'm gonna I mean I'll say it's the it's the kind of the cop out answer, but Mahershala Ali um, can I mean he won the Oscar for this role only 20 minutes. Um, he's he he's both like. This hardened gangster guy, but you know, also he has a ton of emotion. He's he's crying there in that final moment that we see him, as the emotion overcomes him from you know the fact that Sharon says to him, "My mom drugs does drugs, right?" And he says, "Yeah." And you sell drugs, <laughs> yeah. Dude, that scene is tough. That, that, that is, is a very tough scene, and it. I think that's like one of the like best scenes ever from like any actor, probably. Um, also, I think Middle Kevin is just really funny and hilarious <laughs> when, he, when he's in the stairwell and he's talking about him having sex with that girl. And um, but he's also like super kind and emotional and like that struggle of like when he's beating up Chiron and he's like stay down, stay down. Like you can tell like how hard that is for him because um, it's like he kind of has to do it. Yeah. But at the same time, he's trying to like protect someone that he really does care about and has always you know been a uh, been friends with and then i i think all three shirons are great actors um i think i don't i don't know i think the the first and third are probably the two better but i think the third or the second one's also very great and um hasn't really been in anything none of them have been in like a whole lot you know since this movie it's you know been five years and which i mean makes it even more impressive like these are pretty much unknown actors yeah, that's true. And like, I don't know, nobody's really bad in this movie, so. Very yeah. true. Well, and then there's the question, who can't act, Cody? Is there any, do you have anybody who you didn't I think? S- oh, yeah. It's my opinion! Worst performance, I said. <laughs> no, obviously, I, do, I don't mean this seriously, but I said Mahershala Ali. <laughs> Not because he's bad, but because maybe he's a little overrated. I don't know if he should have won Best Supporting Actor. Obviously, he's great in the 20 minutes he's in, but it's only 20 minutes. I think he basically just won it off that scene alone, which, I mean, is understandable because it's a great scene. But, I mean, yeah. He's not bad in this movie. I'm not saying that. I'm saying he's probably the most overrated in this movie. That's what I, like, going into this movie knew about was Elmer Hershaw. He's really good, which uh, made it even more surprising when he's dead, like, when the second act rolled around. But yeah, obviously nobody's bad, but maybe he shouldn't have won Best Supporting Actor. 
he probably should have. I don't know what I'm talking about. Like, he's great <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> but yeah, that that's my pick. Who who do you, who do you beat? Do you know? He beat uh in uh, the 2016 Oscars 89th Academy Awards. He beat Jeff Bridges in Hell or High Water, which I haven't seen. Uh, Dev Patel, Patel in Lion. Have you seen that movie? Yeah, he's actually in that. I don't know how he's um supporting actor though. I don't know. Yeah, the Oscars are weird. <laughs> um, this year, so Judas and the Black Messiah has Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield in it, and Lakeith Stanfield's probably the main character, but they both got nominated for Best Supporting Actor, and there is no, there's no, I don't know actor. who the main actor exactly. <laughs> they could, I like it because I really love Lakeith Stanfield, and if if he doesn't get nominated in that category, he probably doesn't get nominated at all. So if they both get nominated, I'm fine. They can both have Oscar nominations. Uh, Daniel Kalu is probably going to win the award at the end of the night. Yeah, it's um, still weird. Weird not. It is very strange because then there is no main character in the movie. Yeah. Like Judas, Everyone's like in the title, Judas <laughs> is Lakeith Stanfield, and the Black Messiah is Daniel Kaluuya. And they both should have just been up for best actor. I mean, yeah. Um, other ones: Michael Shannon in Nocturnal Animals, and then Lucas Hedges in Manchester by the Sea. Uh, that is a really good movie, and he's really good, but he's also like twenty, and he has so, plenty of time. So it was kind of a weak category for that year. It's, it yeah, seems not, like. not bad. And I, I think Mahershala Ali deserved it, in my opinion. Yeah, he's definitely good. <laughs> talking from having not seen half those performances. He definitely yeah. deserved it. So after seeing that list and seeing you know two out of the five of those movies, he probably should have won. But he, I mean, if you want to call it the worst performance, whatever. I don't. I, I, I already don't, did. Let's hear. Yours. I don't. I don't agree. I don't. I don't have anyone. I really don't think there's a bad performance in this movie. <laughs> Uh, if we want to, you pick have a, to pick someone. Okay, if we want to pick one, I don't even know his name, but no. the guy that uh, older Chiron Black is getting the money from when he like he's his drug dealer, like his the guy that's underneath him that's giving uh, him the money. That's the worst actor in the movie. When he's fucking with him, yeah, he's like he's like you're short, and he like starts freaking out. That that dude's the worst actor. Like he, was, he was all right. <laughs> I I couldn't tell you what his name is. I. I would find it, but I don't even know. Is his name Travis? No. Or is that a different character in the movie? I don't know. That's the worst actor. Why don't you there just you pick go. Little Kevin? Because he's not a bad actor. He's just an <laughs> annoying little kid. I really do hate little kids. You're right. I've, I've realized that. Yeah, you know, like Fred Savage or Little Kevin. Both lovable kids. So that's tough. Uh, I like Kevin more than, than Fred Savage's character in, in Princess Bride, for sure. Um, so here's an interesting category that'll have some interesting uh, thoughts for this movie, especially Cody versus. Ding ding. <laughs> I, I had that in post. Yeah, you know, I don't have to do it. Um, there isn't really like a winner or a loser of this movie. It kind of just ends. We don't really know what happens. I would say if you look at Sharon's life. He probably, you know, doesn't isn't really a winner. I mean, it's he's had a very un, he's had a no 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 not in like a bad way. He's just had a, a really tough hand dealt to him, and you know he's he's played the cards that he's been dealt. But you know he's still never been touched by another person since Kevin. He's been suppressing his sexuality. He's had to become a drug dealer by necessity. He's um, going through stuff. I mean, yeah, he's he's an experience of like you know the American dream, right? The, there, the right? thing I mean, is, that, welcome to America. With this category, we're looking at. Would I win the movie? Um, this isn't really a movie. This is real life. <laughs> There's not a ton of winners and losers in real life. Everybody's just living. So, I mean, I feel like we can't really judge. Well, you want to draw it? If you <laughs> call it a draw? Movie, yeah, I'd say it's a draw. 
I mean, if you throw me into the movie, um, we're doing this, the thing before, so I'm gay and I'm black, right? No, 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 no. You are you. <laughs> so in The Princess Bride, remember, you looked like you, and you are you, so okay, well, you're then... a straight white guy, so just by necessity, you're already you know 20 steps ahead because exactly. you know, welcome to privilege. It'd so. just be a boring movie. <laughs> it's like... true. There, it, Nothing would really happen. It's that, essentially that just your life at yeah, that point. It'd like, just be living. If you lived in Florida... And we're maybe a little poorer. And my mom's a drug addict. That's yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah. But so I'd probably just like move away. We'll give you a draw. Yeah. So we're what? I'll take a draw. Two, one, and two. Two, one, and two. <laughs> hey, that'll uh, that'll keep you up for uh, playing soccer. Um, but yeah, just since that's that wasn't really a category, I wanted to uh, throw in here this movie versus the awards. Um, so do you think they should won Best Picture over La La Land? Absolutely. Okay. Have you seen La La Land? No. That no. movie is not very good. <laughs> but uh, then going through... You I, haven't even I, seen La La Land. I don't care. This movie is great. Going through <laughs> the other categories, who who even is... Who would have been nominated for like best actor for this movie? Like, Because you can't really do it with the three Chiron. I mean, thing. yeah, you can't. There isn't a singular actor that's the main character. I mean, I guess it deals with the same thing. They could have been... You could have nominated any of the Chirons for best supporting. Fifty Cent, have him show up. No, but do you think um, what's your face? His mom sh- should have uh, should have won best supporting actress. I have not seen the Viola Davis performance, but her performance is really good. So, without seeing the actual winner, I will say yes. <laughs> um, okay, and we haven't even talked about uh, the fact that, like, obviously, you know. This movie losing to La La Land is kind of a big moment in Oscar history. They they announced they the wrong movie. Everybody lose. went up on stage and then they were like, "Oh, there's been an error. It was actually Moonlight." Well, um, the thing was, it was just they didn't have the right card. Right. When they, they had the there, they had Emma Stone winning Best Actress. Yeah, and, and then that one was they just Jackie read the title of the movie. That was and you on can kind of see like when they open it up, the guy who's supposed to say it, he's like, he doesn't know what to say. Then the girl's like, La La Land. Which, I mean, it makes sense because it's that Emma Stone for La La Land. But, I mean, that's still a big blunder. I feel yeah. like that's the most iconic Oscar moment. Probably, I mean, if not all time, at least the last 10 years. Maybe over... Well, I don't Parasite know. Parasite winning was pretty huge, but I don't know. Also, there wasn't like a mem- something... I don't know. It was pretty memorable. But. I think Leo winning Best Actor should have been, but he had a terrible speech. So yeah, probably, Maybe you just talk about the environment or something. Yeah, he, he made it about issues instead of how it took Classic. Like 20 years. But, yeah. yeah. That was, um, my, that was my throw-in for the category. Since you know, I, I watched this video, I think it was made by, like, Vox or something, where they talked about, like, bad typography and, like, how it caused the issues with the Oscars. So when you look at the card, the very top of the card says the movie. Mm-hmm. And then in the middle of the card, it says the name of the person. And then at the bottom, it says what the category is. Mm. So it said, the very first thing when you look at the card, it says La La Land. And then it says Emma Stone, and then it says Best Good Supporting Actress at the end. So hmm. if you just that lady probably just looked first thing she saw La La Land yeah. boom said it, <laughs> and then obviously that's what happened. And the fact that this movie won is honestly, and that La La Land didn't is very surprising. The Oscars are traditionally you know very white, and uh, and La La Land was like a tribute to old school Hollywood. Yeah, which you would it, think it, they would it's a very it. Oscar. It's about you know two white people dancing in Hollywood and you know what do the Oscars <laughs> love more than that and the bad guys John Legend <laughs> <laughs> even better for them yeah, yeah it's uh it's vi- this 
kind of marked a little bit of a turning point in the Oscars that, you know, continued through, um, you know, with Parasite winning last year. And, you know, this year we have one of the most diverse Oscar pools ever. Um, you know, first uh, Asian American to be nominated for Best Actor, uh, an Asian woman to be nominated for uh, Best Director, you know, really, really diverse grouping of movies Which this was year. a long time coming, and absolutely, it should have been that way for a long time. But I think this movie kind of marked a turning point. Yeah. Um, you have the the Green Book thing that kind of set us back a few years. <laughs> we won't get into that. Marshall Ali's in that movie, too. He, he won Best Supporting Actor. <laughs> At least he was in that a movie. Year, a year later, or two years later, for, for Green Book. Um, okay, so now we're going to move on to what to add to Fortnite. It's the guy from Fortnite! And... I don't really have... I don't, this movie doesn't really have anything that's very Fortnite-esque. I would say, you know, Fortnite's not necessarily a beautiful game. No. So not. so maybe Fortnite can just take some stylistic and aesthetic choices um, and some, some direction and some ideas from, from this movie. You know, add a little bit more color, some blues. I think when it's night in Fortnite, it sucks. Take, take some uh, moments from the third <laughs> act of this movie and use that as inspiration. Uh, there's a podcast that I listen to that they, they talk about this thing where when movie directors that like make superhero movies will like talk about the things that influence them. So like the Russo brothers will be making Infinity War and then they'll say, oh, we were influenced by like all these super obscure like 60s and 70s movies that are like super artsy and don't have anything to do with the superhero movie, but they just say it influences them. Yeah. So I'd like Fortnite to just say that Moonlight has influenced their new aesthetic, <laughs> um, whether or not it really does. Uh, the other thing, you know, just Miami is pretty cool. Maybe throw some pop, some palm trees and, you know, some the houses in Miami are really cool. I think those could make some good buildings and locations in Fortnite if they drew some inspiration there, especially down by, like, Slurpee Swamp. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right, good picks, yeah. Those are definitely your worst picks you've had. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I usually don't have big picks anyway, so let's just roll through mine. Uh, I said, uh, let's get a Mahershala Ali skin. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, I mean, he looks kind of cool. Also get a 50 Cent skin with the... <laughs> but the real guy, I don't know his name, yeah. My big one that I was, uh, you know, really pounding on this week. Let's get grills in Fortnite, dude. Those gold grills he has is sick. If you could, like, customize each character to where they have grills, I mean, that'd be the peak of Fortnite. I'd actually pay for that. It, like, if they're like, oh, it's a $50 add-on for grills, I'd be like, take take 100 bucks. I don't even care. That's, like that'd be the best thing ever in Fortnite. There'd probably be some, some complaints of some sort of cultural appropriation there, and I don't really want to... That's not cultural appropriation. I don't want to get into that argument, but... <laughs> what are you talking pro- about? Hey, I'm just telling you what All right, when I get grills next week, then we'll talk about it. Okay. Baloney. Do you, you do you, man. All right. Uh, so now we're going to move on to replace... Oh, did you have more? No, I just got called out for absolutely nothing. Keep going. No, I wasn't calling you out. Yeah, just... Okay. <laughs> Who would you replace in this movie? You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. Um, I said no one, really. I do oh, gotta... you got to pick someone. <laughs> I will. I, I will. I don't really want to replace anybody. I'm going to do a cop-out answer and throw somebody into the third act. So I want the bully to come back, whatever his name was in the movie. And I want him to be played by um, John David Washington. That'd okay. be sick if, like, um, Shiron and Kevin are, like, eating at the diner or whatever. 
And this dude walks in and is like, holy crap, I'm a terrible person. I'm so sorry, guys. And it's John David Washington. I think that's way too cheesy, but yeah. I mean, yeah, but who are you going to replace in this movie? I'm not going to take anybody out. So I just wanted to, I was like, who's another really good actor who'd be great in this movie? And I mean, John David Washington at this time was, I mean, pretty much unknown. So this I think, is two years before Black Klansman, so yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. not any. So I think he, he fits into, into that. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, he's also a really good actor. And I was just trying to think of a, uh, like a younger character who we didn't see in the third act. Because, I mean, John David Washington's not not going to play in the kids' roles. Maybe, maybe he could have been, like, a teacher or something. <laughs> I just want John David Washington in the movie, basically. <laughs> Interesting. Um, I also didn't really know who to pick for this. And oh, pick somebody. When I do these... I didn't say I wasn't picking someone. When yeah. I do these... You always get mad because I always re- replace people that are really. Good. <laughs> yeah. I always replace someone. You're who's, terrible at this. I replace someone who's really good in the You're movie. You're good at Fortnite. You're bad at casting director. I replace someone who's really good in this movie with someone who would also be good, but you just get mad. So I'm gonna replace your boy Fifty Cent, Trevante Rhodes. He's so good. In this he movie. is really good. Eh, just put Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> oh come on! <laughs> you have not. Seen, I. You have not seen. Fruitvale Station, correct? No, I've not seen that movie. He's good. And that movie proves to me that he could play that role of Black just as well. Yeah, he's too big name, though. Uh, I mean, yeah, true, but we're not actually, like, paying these people. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. When did... When did I, was even I mean, this that. is, like, yeah, the year the before... The budget wasn't big enough. He would have made it. This is the, <laughs> this is the year before uh, Black Panther came out and, like, probably a year after Creed, right? Yeah, know. a year after Creed. So, yeah, obviously he's too big at the time, but... I mean, yeah, he would have been good. He's really good. Um, honestly, Ryan Coogler directing this movie, maybe? I just thought of that. That dude doesn't miss, to be entirely yeah, honest with you. he's good. But... I, I wouldn't take Barry Jenkins off. He's, he but. doesn't... Yeah, I don't think he does, like, the beauty as well. No. Um, he's really good at, like, story and directing actors, but... Yeah. Um, this movie is just so aesthetically pleasing that I think we would lose out on with Ryan Coogler. Alrighty, so now we're gonna move on to the IMDb trivia. Uh, Naked grandma. Naked, huh? um, some really good ones here, I think. So this is pretty interesting. In an interview, Barry Drinkins actually said that the three actors who play Chiron never even met each other when they were doing this movie. He wanted it for the, each of them to build their own persona of what the character would be. So there's no influence from any of the portrayals. They did the same thing with Kevin. Wow. And I think that kind of shows through a little bit, especially with Kevin. I feel like Kevin is pretty drastically different in, like, the way he is um, across yeah, the three acts. But, I mean, but, I mean it's, a, it's a growth of maturity, right? It's been right? 10 but years since he's in high school, yeah. He doesn't look the same. Like, his, uh... He looks a lot different. His kid version to his teenage version don't look yeah, don't similar look at all. They're completely different skin tones. And the, the two older versions look... Somewhat similar of Kevin, but I think Chiron, other than the fact that he gets super muscular, looks pretty similar. Which makes sense for his character, though. Yeah. Um, like I, I mentioned this earlier, but Naomi Harris is the only actor appearing in all three acts. Um, bringing up our boy, uh, I haven't talked about him yet on the pod, but Brad Pitt, one of one of my faves, uh, is actually he I hadn't talked about him. I think in Princess Bride, I oh I you wanted Brad him. Pitt. Okay, yeah. there you go. Brad Pitt's coming up again, then, and uh, he he had an early meeting with uh, Barry Jenkins in order to get the necessary funds and the distribution deal that he needed to make this movie. And I think that's something that really it's really awesome that Brad Pitt has done. He has a production company, 
and he's taken a lot of uh, black voices and helped them make their movies. So this movie, Selma, 12 Years a Slave, Brad Pitt also like played a role in helping produce and gain uh, funds for all those movies. Yeah, I know that. That's cool. Yeah. Good job, Brad. Um, the, the car that uh, Black drives, the adult version of Chiron, on the back, his license plate says Black 305. Does it? I don't know. <laughs> I, I didn't notice that either, but yeah, so 305, obviously the area code of Miami, yeah. Mr. 305. He got banned. He got the... <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I respect that. I don't like that. Chiron anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you have vanity plates. What are you doing? Come on. And then the last thing, even those movies set in obviously a rough neighborhood, there's a lot of, there's guns shown throughout. Chiron has one. There's some early on in the movie. Not a single round is fired throughout the entire movie. And I think that goes back to what I was saying about drugs a little bit, but it also, with guns, it doesn't necessarily glorify gun, gun violence or the use of guns. Characters have guns because they feel they need to have them and they're part of their lives, but they're not you know, shooting each other or killing each other. Um, I mentioned Boys in the Hood uh, last pod, and at the beginning of the movie, there's a thing about how like, uh, a large amount of black males will end up getting shot and died, and then a large portion of that happens um, from black males shooting each other. And when I first, when you first watch that movie and that pops up at the beginning, it seems kind of like it's detracting from like the real issue here. It's like black and black violence is a dumb and made up thing that, you know, people talk about just to, you know, paint black people in a, in a poor manner. Uh, but then when you get into that movie, I think it shows, you know, the violence that occurs and the way that it occurs in a lot different of a way um, than that initial title makes you think. But in this movie, there is no killing. There's, there's. I mean, Juan dies, but it's you know completely off screen. So there's no glorification, or there's no pushing of that agenda that people are always going to shoot and kill each other um, in poor communities, which I think is really good. And yeah, I think that just lends to like the ultra realistic uh, take of this movie. I mean, I feel like you know guns aren't really used that much. Um, it's more of an intimidation in real life. Yeah, and um, yeah, I think they they played into the whole community and culture like in an actual realistic way that the audience can relate to and not just be overwhelmed by like, oh, this is all stereotypes or sort of things you're saying. Yeah. All right. And then finally, we're going to be giving our ratings of this film. You're going to look at me and you're going to tell me that I'm wrong? Am I wrong? Is my favorite... Oh. Cody, you want to take it away? <laughs> what I, what I give... Uh, what's my highest rating so far? Uh, I believe it was The Princess Bride. I think you gave it a 65. No way, I gave it a 65. I'm pretty sure you pretty did. Pretty sure it was it, a 63 or 64. Maybe it was 63. I'm pulling it up. Princess Bride, 64. I gave it a 64. Okay, it's at, it's at a 69 for no reason, obviously. I give it Princess Bride a 64. Alright, I'll give this. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give this a. Uh, I'll give it a 67. Out of 69. I just want to say... That is very high. Is this very whole high. time, I've been giving movies kind of lower conservative scores, and you've been giving me shit for it. And now... Yeah, I am giving you shit, because you're not giving uh, good scores. Now, you see that The Princess Bride is a 64, yeah. and this movie's a 67. You think it's only... Well, I just want to space them out, because this is a better movie than The I know, Bride. but you think it's only like that much better? Yeah. I mean... I think this movie's... Boundlessly. Obviously, it's better, this movie's better than The Princess Bride from a nostalgic sp- standpoint. That's why I gave it that score. If you want to go see my review on The Princess Bride, go past the episode. You'll love it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this movie, 
What did I just say? 67 out of 69. I mean, that's near perfection, dude. That's an A, if not an A plus, if we're going by like, you know, middle school standards or whatever. I mean, I can't find a flaw in this movie, like I've said a billion times. Great acting, um, great story. Obviously, it's shot beautifully. It's sort of like just this hauntingly beautiful movie where at the end of it, you're sort of just like questioning, like, do I relate to this guy because he's cool? Or do I relate to him because, like, oh, he's going through some emotional crap and, like, it's really deep. I don't know. After I watched this movie, I just, like, thought about my life for a long time. Like, I feel like that's what this movie does to you. And, yeah, I mean, it's one of the better ones I've seen in a long time. So I think 67 is a pretty good score to give it. You know, as as somebody who, uh, you know, makes videos and, you know, not necessarily... I don't necessarily have a dream of like making feature like films or anything like that. Um, but I really appreciate that, like what goes into making a movie like this. And when you watch something, you know, as powerful as Moonlight, you really think to yourself, like movies can be something like this. Like this is what a movie can be. Like this is the full extent of the power um, that a motion picture can have. And it's, it's astounding to me. And the fact of the matter, like this movie was made for like less than $2 million. It probably could have been made for less. I mean, yeah, probably. I mean, even, like, Mahershala Ali probably, like, took up a decent bit of that because he's, you know, a decently popular actor in 2016. Yeah. Um, Naomi Harris, Janelle Monet, like, they're all somewhat well-known people. But, yeah, I mean, very cheaply made. Um, it, it makes you think that, like, if you weren't, if we weren't complete idiots, <laughs> we could make something like this, like, on a low budget and with, like, just, like, a dream and idea, like, you can create something beautiful that, like, resonates with millions of people so it's very inspiring i'm gonna give this movie a 65 which i mean that's on my scale high. is that's uh, 10 higher than gone girl gone girl's a 55 um leaving myself a little room because there's definitely are movies that i do enjoy more than this and i you know i think we'll probably watch them at some point on the podcast but uh 65 yeah so it gives us a total of 66 easily our highest highest score of any movie yet so far uh, second place is Gone Girl with a fifty-seven and a half. I bet that's our highest Show for uh, for a long time. I I don't think I'll enjoy a movie better than this one. And uh, you're the low scorer, so <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, finally, uh, just some recommendations or things you've been watching recently. You go first. Um, so I watched uh, I watched Inside Out today. Did you really? That uh, first time I ever saw that. Uh, not too shabby of a movie. Definitely not the best Pixar movie. Oh, you hadn't seen animes, that before? But yeah, no, no, no. I, I missed a lot of animated movies. I can tell you what not to watch. I watched Godzilla, the 2014 version. Don't watch that movie. Uh, it's called Godzilla, but Godzilla doesn't show up until about the 53-minute mark. And he's just swimming around for another 40 minutes, and it's not until about an hour and a half into the two-hour movie that Godzilla finally gets out of the water and does something. So don't recommend that. And then I think a lot of people actually really like that movie. Uh, the original one? I, I don't know. 2014 one? Yeah, it's I think got, it's it's sort of like you either love it or you hate it, one of those movies. Sort uh, of like Last Jedi. Yeah. I haven't seen it. I probably wouldn't like it because I don't really like monster movies. But yeah, interesting. It's it's okay. Um, and then finally, uh, yesterday, I started watching on a Wednesday. I, I, watched, I rewatched Good Will Hunting, which to oh. me is also just like probably a perfect movie. Uh, it's very like simple in its construction. We, we watched it... Uh, last summer in one of my in a screenwriting class I took and just talking about like it's a very simple script but it's like so 
perfect and to the T and fine tuned. And again, it's another example of like, here was like two 20 year olds who just were friends and wrote a script and, you know, won an Oscar for it. So amazing movie, amazing performances and, you know, started a lot of, you know, powerful people's careers. Definitely. That's hundred percent one of my favorites. Um, it really shouldn't work. It's just like, yeah, like you said, two guy, two young guys from Boston and a dramatic Robin Williams. <laughs> I mean, on paper at that time, probably wasn't like, oh, this is going to be really good. But yeah, definitely one of my top five favorites. Um, also, I, I finished I watching Justice League. And oh, did you finish it? I thought you were fin- Finally. Ten minute increments. And, oh yeah, getting there. And uh, it's in some ways better than the original, but in some ways also very much worse. So didn't need to be four hours long, that's for sure. That's all I have to say. I will never speak of it again. <laughs> but yeah, last week I had a hankering to watch uh, the Jump Street movie, so I watched the first one the other day. Very good. Going to watch the second one soon. I also finished How I Met Your Mother. Thank the Lord. Right as, right as I walk in so, and say, you want to record the pod? Oh, yeah. Just the final scene. Last episode's not very good. But nah, yeah. The last season's better than I remembered. But yeah, um, another thing I watched this week, Cool Runnings, dude. Absolutely underrated, <laughs> underrated gem that probably a lot of people missed. Just super quotable, super lovable. I mean, one of those movies where, you, like I said, if you're in an emotional mood, you're probably going to cry at the end. <laughs> That's my st- no no. You <laughs> watch that movie, all sad, dude. It, it's a tearjerker at the end. Uh, also, have you seen the movie The Rookie uh, with um, so, Dennis Quaid? No. Also a tearjerker. <laughs> been crying a lot. No, no, just um, good sports movies. That that has been on my mind lately. But yeah, gotcha. those are all my recommendations for the week. All right. Um, so I think you're gonna be picking the next movie. Do you have it in, oh, have yeah. it in mind yet, or are you still thinking? I forgot it was my turn. No, I have to come up with a movie. I would tell the audience I'm not like. Some, you don't want to leave your name? No, I, yeah, they'd be like, "Oh, I like that movie. I'll watch it too." And then they can watch the episode with us. My my final question for you is the is this a top five movie of the last ten years? <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen all the supposedly really good movies, but I mean, yeah, from from my perspective, yeah, sure, why not? Top five. Yeah, I, I definitely. All right. Uh, thanks for joining us this week. We'll we'll catch you next Tuesday, and I'm sure my pick will be dumb. So we'll be back to lots of Fortnite jokes. <laughs> Stay capping. Fair enough. See you.